back uh, or fast forward to last year, we completed about 30, 30 assignment deals. And then we picked up four multifamily, smaller stuff, duplexes. So we were sitting about 10 units and we, we liked the growth. We liked what we were learning, but we wanted more. We wanted more in terms of uh, bigger buildings, bigger, more units, right? You are listening to the Savvy Real Estate Investor Show, the podcast dedicated to empowering you to invest for your family's future. Listen in to learn about different strategies successful investors use to live their best lives. Whether you are starting out on your real estate wealth building journey or a seasoned investor looking for the next unfair advantage, this is the show for you. Each conversation will help you be more savvy when it comes to understanding how to leverage real estate to achieve your goals and live an extraordinary life. Your host is none other than seasoned investors and power couple, Jose and Khadija Jafferji founders of the Savvy Real Estate Group, where we have been helping passive investors grow their wealth and getting them one step closer to financial freedom since 2008. Hey everyone, we have uh, Jeff and John Ortiz on the show today. Thanks guys for joining us. Uh, just to give you guys a quick introduction, um, definitely a, a great story. Uh, two brothers um, migrated from uh, Colombia when they were young boys with their single mom. Uh, definitely had uh, some serious motivation to do something awesome with their lives. Uh, and in 2020, they both left their corporate careers to pursue real estate um, they uh, did what I think is amazing and they hired a coach, which is definitely uh, evident in the propelled success that they've had. So since then, um, you know, done a various number of strategies, started out with wholesaling, low barrier to entry, perfect way to get into the real estate market, um, and then progressed into small multifamily. And now they're actually, um, you know, dove straight into the big leagues, uh, doing some syndication work in the United States primarily focusing in uh, North and South Carolina. Um, also part of the Wealth Genius uh, Network. And I know that uh, Jeff is doing some uh, coaching work, especially as it relates to how Canadians can invest in the United States. So, um, you know, without further ado, I'll let them tell you more about their story. But uh, here are Jeff and John. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. We really appreciate it. I'm Jefferson and my brother and partner, John Ortiz. Uh, we've been, you know, we've been listening to your podcast uh, for quite a bit. So it's it's nice to be here and share a story and hopefully provide value. Yeah. So I'll kind of go back to kind of originally. Uh, we're, so we're from Colombia. We immigrated to uh, Canada when we were nine or nine or ten, nine, eight or ten years old. And then, uh, you know, grew up with a single mom, not a lot of whole lot of money. We always wanted to make a difference and, you know, create wealth and create money um, in a sense. And then I became an insurance broker once I graduated from high school. And then my brother went into the logistics side of things. So he became, uh, what was the, the, the description? A logistics director. Logistics director. And then uh, we were cut in the rat race, you know, working the nine to five, you know, having no time, just kind of going through the motion, I would say. And then uh, during that time, I, myself, I uh, became a father uh, at a young age. I was 20, 21 when I became a father. And that really changed my perspective on what I wanted to do, what I wanted to leave as a legacy for my family and for the next generation. Um, that led us to um, getting a coach or like that led us to wholesale pretty much, learning about wholesaling, learning about what it is. We started in the US actually, and we locked up a property in Alabama, which I had no idea what Alabama or anything about it. Uh, we couldn't assign it because we didn't know enough about the market or how to find a buyer. Um, but that ended up happening. And then we decided, okay, let's do this the right way. Then let's hire a coach. We hired a coach in December of 2020. Uh, 
you know, we didn't have the money at the time, but we got it through like line of credits and credit cards, however we could. So that was about $15,000 that really led us to open up our, our minds and our, our, uh, paths to wholesaling, specifically uh, wholesaling in Canada. So back uh, or fast forward to last year, we completed about 30, 30 assignment deals. And then we picked up four multifamily, smaller stuff, duplexes. So we were sitting about 10 units and we, we liked the growth. We liked what we were learning, but we wanted more. We wanted more in terms of uh, bigger buildings, bigger, more units, right? As you know, it's easier to finance and easier to put together than it is a smaller thing. And that's when we joined Wealth Genius with Alfonso Quadra, who's uh, who has about 600 units across Canada, and uh, really fell in love with the model of you know moving the NOI cap rates, how they're valued is is much more like a business than it is uh, emotional with comparables and whatnot. And uh, and that led us to like really start underwriting deals, finding deals. We started in Saskatchewan. Uh, we didn't like what we found in terms of the economics out there. There's a lot of native gangs related uh, towns. We looked at Alberta. We didn't like the economy. If you look over the last 10 years, it goes up and then it goes right back down, depending on the oil. And then that led us to the States, right? Because we're like, well, if we're looking that far, I'm looking in Niagara, like Niagara region. My brother's located in Hamilton. So we found that the distance was the same. The only difference was the border. That was the only difference, really, the border. Um, my wife has about seven uncles in Charlotte. So I've been there a bunch of times. And then I went there in May and I'm like, man, this is a great market. Like there's so much inventory. There's so much development happening. There's just a lot happening. Um, and then we started studying the U S join a mastermind in the U S and then, um, and then, uh, now we're now, now we're doing syndications in the U S we became general partners on, a on 137 units in South Carolina. Um, and uh, now we're just looking to keep growing that business and keep, keep, uh, bringing on Canadian investors, uh, to participate into future projects. Um, I think that's pretty yeah. much <laughs> where we are right now. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, in such a short period of time, you guys have done so much. So that that's amazing. What do you, what would you say is one or two things that propel that thinking, uh, from, you know, in such a short period of time, you guys did did wholesaling a bunch of deals and now you're uh, in, into multifamily syndications. What do you think it was that kind of made you uh, grow so quickly? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of take that away and, and uh, you can touch on that. So what I would personally say is really two things. Uh, always getting, being in the uncomfort, uncomfort zone, like never being comfortable. And every time you get comfortable, like find a way to get more uncomfortable and keep growing. And then as well as mentorship. I mean, that's, that's by far the, the, the most important part, right? You don't know what you don't know. And once, once, what we found is once we started surrounding ourselves with people that were where we wanted to be, then your mindset just starts expanding, right? And, you know, when we were in the room with Wealth Genius and everybody's doing 30, 40, 50 units, that becomes your new normal, right? And now you don't want to look at a duplex. You don't want to look at a triplex because your mind has expanded, right? So I think that's that's probably what I would say is just always getting up, being uncomfortable in the uncomfortable zone, as well as, uh, you know, mentorship, like, you're literally paying for somebody's time who's already been there as opposed to us going through the trial and errors. That's what I would say. I don't know if you want to add anything. Yeah, no, he um, he's right. It definitely leveraging relationships. Um, you know, the people around you have a huge influence on you. Um, and, you know, the more you're around people that are successful, the more you start looking at things differently, different markets, uh, different growth. And, you know, the educational piece is huge, right? So learning how to talk to brokers, understanding the market, underwriting, um, you know, how to, how to build relationships with the sellers and the brokers and, you know, all that you're not going to be able to learn on your own. Uh, so definitely 
the mentorship program and just leveraging relationships definitely helps you along the way. And just see how you can grow every every week. You know, what's next? How can we get bigger? How can we get better? And, you know, it's a long journey, but definitely still a lot, a, a lot more to go. What would you say is was one of the, the trigger points that I know you mentioned that you, your son was born, but, you know, were you reading books at a time about real estate? Like what made you pick real estate versus something else? Yeah, you know what? It's interesting enough. Um, it, it was as many people rich dad poor dad. Like that was that that was really the 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 mind shift. I mean, as soon as I I because uh, I always found myself to be different than most people in terms of my my circle around me, and I was never satisfied. Right? I was always looking for more, looking for more. And then when we read that book, we're like, this makes sense. Like this is exactly what you know, what the world is, right? Like the taxes, right? The, the employment mentality, the business mentality that really opened up our, our mind to, I, I'll be honest with you, growing up, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a real estate investor. Like, I don't know. I didn't know that was a path. I didn't, I didn't know that that was a path. I, I, the, like the, the way most people think, and I'm sure you guys may, may relate is if you want to make more money, you got to go to school. You will got to go keep going back to school. And we found that that was not the case, right? You needed to actually uh, change your perspective, change your mindset from an employee to a business, to a bit, to an investor. Um, and that really was, I think, the the change of moment for us. That one, Think and Grow Rich. Um, like the main books that I think most, most. Uh, Stefan Arnio. Stefan Arnio, Money People Deal. Yeah. That was a big one. I think that was a, probably the first one I was, before we even knew anything about real estate, because once you get into that community and just that world, you know, there's so much going on. It's a whole community. There's so much to learn. Um, and I remember even before we knew anything about real estate, I was scrolling through Facebook and one of the ads from Stefan Arnion came on to purchase the book. And I ended up getting the book within a week and I was reading it and I was like, what is, what is a deal? What is he talking about when I was reading the book? Right. So that's kind of how we started learning and, and just kind of getting our, our feet wet and understanding what real estate investment really was and how you can create wealth. And, you know, there's great things along the way and we've been enjoying it really so far. Yeah. It's it's so amazing that you guys are both uh, two brothers on the same page. Like, was it always like that? That you guys both wanted were motivated and always kind of uh, wanted to be entrepreneurs. Yeah, or did one kind of uh, convince the other? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a that's a great point. So uh, I'll just kind of go back just a little bit. So when we were in high school, we actually used to play competitive basketball. That was actually our thing. We used to play very competitive basketball. So I would say that that actually taught us a lot of a lot of uh, good values. You know, leadership, teamwork, um, hard work, hard work, right? Uh, how to separate yourself from the from the competition. Um, a couple of us here are uh, our team members or the people that we play with are actually in the NBA. One of them, Shay, Shay, he plays for Oklahoma. He's in the NBA. And um, and so I think that, that was one thing. But no, um, I actually started with the real estate with the whole idea of wholesaling. Um, I told I told John, I'm like, man, we have to get into this. This is this is the this is the path. This is how we can create wealth. This is how we can become wealthy. And uh, in the beginning, he wasn't really. He didn't really understand it, but then once we started doing some deals and you know money started coming in and he started to familiarize himself with the market and the, the industry, then it was like this is what we want to do. This is what we're going to be doing, and and that's it. Like there's no there's no turning back in a way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, 
at the beginning, obviously, I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't, I don't know about all this, right? And then, you know, once he did his first deal, I supported him and and kind of jumped on the team. And we did all the deals together from on there. Me helping him with, you know, showings, walkthroughs, um, you know, lawyer communications, deposits, and, you know, kind of just the backbone marketing and other stuff. I'm actually a mortgage broker as well. Uh, so I do that side of the business right now and financing our own deals. And uh, yeah, no, it's been, it's been great so far, but yeah, definitely, definitely have. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that's great. And you know, there's something that's very apparent. Like the first time I talked to you, Jeff, and I find this with a lot of entrepreneurs that I meet at, in that they're extremely hungry for knowledge. Like, you know, it's weird to me. Like sometimes we'll go to dinner parties or we'll go meet new people. And if I tell them a little bit about myself, they don't really ask me any more questions. But when I meet people or when we meet people, we always want to know more because there's this innate curiosity. And I, I, I got that from you the first time you talked to me. So like, what about this? Like, what do you do with this? Like, tell me more about this. Like, I want to learn. I want to know. I want to grow. Right. And I think that that hunger is just so important because you don't know what you don't know. And every single person you meet, no matter what walk of life they come from, there's always something to learn. And that knowledge is just how you build yourself up and how you grow as an entrepreneur and as a human as well. Right. And I think that that's, that's wonderful. Cause it sounds to me like that was a lot of what you guys did. It was just like gathering information. Like you saw an ad, I want this book. I want to read this. You meet somebody. It's like, Hey, tell me more, teach me. I want to, I want to join your network. I want to join your wealth genius. I want to do this. I want to do this so that I can continue to grow. So I think that's wonderful. I mean, I think more young people need to have more of that hunger and that want to learn and grow. And like I said, for us, it's always puzzling. I'm like, no, he didn't. Like I told him a little bit, but they don't really, nobody really asks me very much. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I would say, you know, most people are are in their comfort zone, right? They, they, they are in their own bubble uh with their with their jobs and and many of them don't think about anything else besides their day to day right and and this kind of reminds me of a quote uh one of my mentors in the past had said fat dog don't hunt you know? i like that fine <laughs> It's, 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 it's honestly mind-blowing that, uh, you know, especially now being in the industry and being on the other side of the fence and understanding that 80 or 90% of the people just go through the motion. They just go to work, they come home, they watch TV, you know, they spend a little bit of time with family and then this repeat over and over. And when I got myself into that that routine, I was like, man, this, this is not like you're not fulfilled. You know, you're like just going through the motion every day. Like it's not, you don't have a purpose, right? So you're waking up every day and you're just going through the motion, making somebody else richer, you know, making somebody else's business better, right? So even same thing with us, even with our family and friends, right? Uh, When we first started, nobody believed wholesaling. They're like, you must be doing something illegal. You need a license, right? And I'm like telling them like, no, there's literally investors doing this all over the place. And now it's kind of like a a whole circle. Now they're like, how can we get involved? What can we do to, to, to do a deal or whatever, right? So it's, it's, it, I think it's definitely the mindset for sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. So, um, yeah. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about, so like now you're in wholesaling, you guys are doing some deals, you're gaining some traction, make 30 deals is an amazing track record. So what sort of pivoted, um, the focus from that into like now going into purchasing buy and holds and then even like, you know, making your way into the multifamily space. Yeah, yeah, I can take this one. So so basically, when we were doing the wholesale, we really enjoyed it. Um, and we liked it because, you know, it's quick money. But then, you know, we were seeing what some of our partners were doing in terms of, you know, we would 
we would make maybe 15, 20 K they're on the back end flipping and making 200 K they're making, you know, they want a full bird plus hundred K plus 200 K. And as much as we were happy for them, we were just like, maybe we're on the wrong side of the business. Right. And, uh, and that's when we started purchasing our own properties and we started bringing JVs to like bring the deposit, bring, cause we were good at finding deals. We found that we were good at finding deals and, and negotiating deals. But then we, we, you know, we we're like, well, let's just leverage other people that have the capital. They don't have the time to find the deals. And so we started doing some JVs and then, I think for myself and I think John as well, we always wanted to get into the apartment. I always fell in love with apartments. I always loved like just the whole aspect of it. But like many people, I had those limited beliefs that, you know, you need a lot of money, right? You needed to get a hundred, a hundred single families to then get a building or something along those lines. And then, you know, when we joined the world genius and we understood that it's all about leverage and it's like, what can you bring to the table? What value can you bring to the team? per se, right? And understanding that there's so much people with capital that don't know where to put it, especially with the with the way things are right now, right? Inflation is all-time high. Uh, people have all this money sitting in the bank, just literally doing nothing, losing money every single day that it goes by. And we understood that we're actually helping fulfill a need, right? Which is making the capital work and, and creating wealth for ourselves and for them, right? So that was a big turning point with us. It was like, we thought we needed to have all the money, have all the capital. And it's, it's really not like that, especially in the syndication space. It really is a team sport, right? You know, one person might find a deal, the other person might underwrite the deal, or that they could be the same person, right? You have another person that's boots on the ground doing the asset management. Once the deal closes, you have somebody else who raises capital and does asset management. So there's all these moving pieces, the whole team sport. And we had to kind of figure it out like, okay, this is a team sport. What can we bring to the table? What's our value proposition in this in this business? I guess, and that was a big mind shift for us. I think. You think you want to? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, the wholesaling run was was great, and we still do do it from time to time on specific deals where where it makes sense. And um, you know, after doing a couple of wholesale deals, we kind of bought our own properties and went through the whole Bert method, uh, structured some JV deals, and kind of learned that side of the of the business. And and yeah, we we jumped right after to to um, multifamily with with Alfonso and Wealth Genius, and you know that was a great learning experience, great network team, um, great masterminds, and now we're in the in the apartment syndication. Like you say, it is truly a team sport, and it's so much more bigger than than it is down here. Like the underwriting that you do in the states compared to underwriting, you know, a 20, 30 unit building here, you know, everything is different. They use different lingos. Uh, you know, every market is completely different than, you know, if you're crossing the border or whatnot. Um, so, yeah, no, I think um, that's kind of how we ended up in, in the syndication uh, um, aspect. Yeah. Actually, that was going to be my next question is what made you switch your focus from and maybe tell us like some of the big differences between what, you know, Canadian multifamily or or what you're seeing in your area versus the uh, U.S. market. Of course, of course. Oh, that's a great question. So definitely, you know, a big turning piece for myself and, and, and John was we had it. We we still have a tenant in Fort Erie and one of our duplexes. And she, you know, I didn't do the property diligence when it came to bringing her, bringing her on board in terms of doing the background check, all that, all that stuff. And she's been going almost eight months without paying rent. Right. And that was a big turning piece because I'm like, okay, this is just one tenant. I understand like all investors go through this. Right. But it's like, why would I want to keep investing in a, in a, in a place that doesn't, that looks at me as the landlord as the enemy, right? That was a big one, right? It's like, if we're buying a large multifamily property and we have to give cash for keys or find some sort of strategy, 
then we're not going to be able to scale as fast because we're spending so much time just getting tenants to 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 leave, right? They're paying so low. So that's, you might not be able to get them out, right? You might offer them 30,000. They're like, no, I'm not leaving. This is my house and I'm going to die here pretty much, yeah. right? So that was a big one. The landlord rules that we have in Ontario and Canada are just brutal. Uh, the second thing, then we started looking at Alberta, Saskatchewan and they're more landlord friendly, but the economies that they have it's like the vacancy rate is like 11%, 12% in some places, right? We're thinking, okay, we turn around the units, but now we don't have anybody to rent it to. So what's, you know, what's the point of going through all that and then having nobody to rent it to? We're in the States, you know, especially the markets that we're looking into, which is uh, Whistle-Salem, uh, uh, Raleigh, Greensboro, um, what Fayetteville. Fayetteville. These markets, like we study the markets and we really got to know what's going on in the market. Who are the major employers? What are the Fortune 500 companies that are moving there? And you start to see this migration, the shift of, of like big migration happening. Um, so that was a big one too, right? Like we have people that we can actually rent it to once we turn it around. There's a there's a demand, right? There's a job and then there's demand for, for, for people. So there's going to be more migration happening. So that was another one. And then just the scalability and some of the things that you can do in the States, like, you know, the accelerated depreciation, right? The 1031 exchange, like all those factors. I mean, it just seems to be in your favor as a landlord, right? Whereas in Canada, I almost feel like they're going backwards, right? Like even short-term rentals, they don't, you know, you need a license, right? They're always putting a roadblock for you to like yeah. say like, you know, don't keep growing. Like, you know, you're almost trying to tap you at a certain point. So that was a big one. And then the last thing that I wanted to mention is the lenders. I mean, in Canada, we have the major banks, we have a couple of credit unions, and then we have private lenders. In the States, they have hundreds of hundreds of lenders. I mean, there's so many lenders, there's hundreds and hundreds of them. So that's another aspect of it that I think uh, kind of made us shift our, our perspective. Yeah. And then the weather, and then the weather, right? The like weather, yeah. <laughs> the snow, the, weather. <laughs> the, the snow, like honestly, the snow and the cold really deteriorates your buildings, right? And now you have to change the roof faster. Now you have to change the windows faster because it deteriorates a lot, a lot quicker than it is in um, South or North Carolina or, or some of these South uh, markets. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. And I also feel like here, unfortunately, like everybody's just super bullish on the market and which is driving all of the decisions. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we've had a great run here because we bought like in the early, you know, 2000s, like we were buying in 2010, 2012, but like now it's like really like you're still bullish on this market and you're buying at a price per unit. I mean, that doesn't make any fundamental sense. And exactly what you said with regards to execution of a business plan, because ultimately when you're buying large multifamily, it is a business. And when you have all of these government political roadblocks in place, you can't execute your business plan. So in turn, how can you be answerable to your investors, right? Exactly. You're saying to them like, okay, in order to get this building, you know, from this cap to this cap, I need to turn around X number of units. I need to increase the rents by this much. Well, how are you going to do that? Okay. Well, I'm going to vacate, you know, and I'm going to do this. But then all of a sudden, when it comes down to you're in the trenches, you know, like you said, somebody turns around and says, this is my forever home. I'm going to die here, which by the way is happening to us right now. Um, It's, it's extremely likely. And not only that, the cash for keys budget can just literally turn into something astronomical all of a sudden. Right. Um, And and you haven't even tapped into like, you haven't even started renovations and you're only spending 20, 30,000. And it's just like, if you do it on a scale, like if you're doing a hundred units, I mean, that can add up really, really fast. 100%. 
So hundred percent. And not only that, the time cost, right? The time mm-hmm. cost of having uh big units that were intended to be turned around, which now can't be turned around for, you know, now a year later or two, two years later while you're still waiting for your, you know, your tenant turnaround. So yes, I mean, there's, there's, and, and again, like you said, um, collections, right? All of a sudden you have a certain percentage of tenants who stop paying economic fundamentals in the city change. Cause right now, you know, we say the world's going through a recession. Right. Now what all of a sudden you have, you know, tenants who are not paying, who are staying in place for eight months, one year until they get a supposed court date. Like that's, it's not very predictable as, you know, and when you have yeah. other people's money, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, that predictability needs to be rock solid. That honestly was the biggest one, right? Like we started looking at Alberta, we had all these buildings, like, you know, good, you know, cash on cash made sense, all this stuff. Right. But yeah. then we're like, we're like, it's like you said, we're dealing with other people's money. We want to be really responsible and we want to make sure we can deliver on what we're telling them we can do. Right. And your reputation um, is everything. What, what, one, two things that I wanted to add. One of them was that, um, I think what happens in the States that's different than Canada is that every state is so different, right? You have Texas, you have Florida, you have New York, everywhere is so different, right? So you actually have a migration happening, for instance, right now, as you guys know, New York, California, all these people are migrating to the South, right? Whereas in Canada, we don't have that leverage because everybody wants to live in Ontario. Nobody's going to, you don't have a big migration of hundreds of thousands of people that are moving from Ontario to Saskatchewan. Like that doesn't happen or to Alberta or to Nova Scotia or Nunavut. Like that doesn't happen. So therefore the migration really only happens in Ontario. Ontario has all this all this, all this population, but not enough inventory. Whereas in the States, I find that because everywhere is so different, you're like, let's say you live in Denver and you're like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I want to go to a hot place. You go to Miami, you go to Florida. It's a complete, it's almost like a diff- different country, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, then, no, that's it, a really it, good point. Yeah. yeah. And the one thing I wanted to say is that when we are underwriting deals here, I mean, it's so, I'm sure you guys seen it too. It's so hard to get any returns. Like more often than not, you're actually negative cash flow, And it's just like, why would we want to buy a building or business that is negative? It's actually negative, right? It doesn't make any sense. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it exactly the same reasons that you mentioned is why we decided to look in the US market as well. We 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 actually also went to the same process. We were looking at Alberta. Um we thought that, you know, maybe we could make uh, Alberta work and 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 some people can, but we just thought why not the US, right? It's a it is a, it's a, yeah, I know you're crossing the border, so there's different tax consequences and, you know, uh, getting co- uh, investors on board to invest across the border is a, is a little bit of a challenge. However, you know what, as in, if I'm seeing this business from a long-term perspective, five, 10 years, I know that I, if this is the place to be, right? The U.S. is the place to be. You've got uh, much more landlord-friendly laws. Um general business friendly environment you know you got uh as you mentioned much better financing options you got the you know interest only loans that can you know drastically boost your cash on cash returns mm-hmm. right so and then you have a predictable way to execute your business plan right? and most importantly you have inventory to buy yes right so yeah. that that i think that people need to talk about this because you know when you're a real estate investor i know it's not all about like how many doors and accumulating doors but it's also about growth right so mm-hmm. As you continue to grow, like for us, we were at a point where we actually had cash to invest in our next deals and we couldn't find anything to buy. That's that's not a good place to be. You should not ever be limited in your growth because there's actually nothing to buy in the market that you're in. And I'm not talking about like 
we didn't like the properties. Like we couldn't even find anything, um, you know? And so it, that doesn't make any logical sense as being the the reason that you're not continuing to to move forward. And, and we, we realized that we're like, this is silly. Like we're just stagnant right now because there's nothing. So we have to find a place where there's always an abundance of opportunity. And because of all of this, like the 1031 exchanges and everything, people are more likely to transact in the US. Over here, you find that a lot of the buildings are generationally held because A, they don't want to trigger tax implications and B, where are they going to put the money? Yes. Right? Over there, it's like, okay, I'm going to sell my 20 unit I've made good. I've I've made good appreciation on it. I've improved it. I've increased the value. Now I'm gonna go and flip that over and buy a 50 unit, and yeah. I'm gonna do the same thing. And then I'm gonna you know continue to sort of grow myself. Everybody's in that same growth mindset because it's favorable to do so. I agree. No, I agree 100. And the thing about it that I find in the states is that the sellers that are selling their building, like you said, they made a good profit, but they'll leave a little bit of you know meat on the bone for the next 100%. person that's buying it, right? Whereas here, they're like, hey, if you don't give me what I'm asking for, I have Take five other people yeah. or I have five other people that, <laughs> yeah, are, that exactly. they won't pay. I have buyers from Toronto. That's what we always get. I got oh, yeah. buyers from Toronto. It's like, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Who are, who are in no way concerned about the cap. Yeah. Right. Like they just want to park their money is what it seems like. Right. And and they're yeah. not actually concerned about the returns or, or yeah. so that's, the, that's the vibe I get. And, and kind of like what Jose said, I, I agree with you 100% is that over there, you can execute your business plan. Like, Hey, we got all these leases coming up for renewal on this, on this month. We're going to be able to turn around those units. Cause you know, you know, that when, when the renewal comes up, you let tenants know, Hey, listen, I'm going to be renovating it. Um, so you can execute your plan. You can you can budget accordingly. You can underwrite accordingly. Whereas in Canada, is very very hard. It's very like it's a fifty fifty chance. Like, hey, listen, you got to tell your investor, hey, there's a fifty percent chance that we might be able to get them out, but there's a fifty percent chance that we might not be able to. And in that case, we're going to be negative cash flow. It's like how do you how do you sell that? It's hard. You know what I mean? It's yeah. hard to sell yeah. that. Hundred percent. Yeah. And what I found in the states as well is the larger the building, you have enough attraction on the cash flow perspective to fulfill your investors while you're still stabilizing and optimizing the building. Exactly. Um, you know, here in Canada, it's, it's hard to find something like that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. It, it, you know, the, the, I, I find that in the, in the U S um, things move at a much faster pace. Like for example, lending environment, it will change as the, the market moves. Right. They like they interest, interest quickly, only yeah. loans didn't exist uh, not too long ago, right? Like everybody's now going on to bridge debt, interest only. But five years ago, it wasn't as prominent, right? Most people were going with the agency loans, but it adapted because the market needed it, right? And and they Wall Street will figure out a way to make it work, right? <laughs> it, it's just because that's where uh, they need to deploy capital as yeah. well. Right. Yeah. The first time, like when Jose started going down to the US a few years ago, he would come back and he would always be like, yeah, it's the wild, wild west. Like he would always call it the wild, wild west. <laughs> like everything goes down there. Like we just like they'll make it happen. Somebody will come in and somebody will dump capital or somebody will figure out a way. But like everything will happen. Like there is always a way down there. It's almost like the rules are bendable. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, favorable. capitalism is yes. is what drives growth. Right. It's that's what it is. And uh, unfortunately, Ontario is becoming uh, too much of a socialist um, 
Uh, but we won't go. Into I know. The I feel politics. like we're we're doing a rant on Ontario right now. Yeah. <laughs> Canada is a great place to live, and yes. like we've enjoyed we enjoy living here too. But honestly, like the reality is the reality, right? Like if you're if you're in real estate and you're really wanting to to grow, especially in these spaces, like there is just not enough opportunity here, and our immigration is just becoming heavier and heavier. So the competition is becoming only more fierce. Yeah, true. yeah, and like one thing, last thing before we wrap up the Ontario part, but one thing <laughs> that I wanted to mention is that even what we found is that I was talking to an investor from Alberta, and, uh, Alberta or Saskatchewan, and he was telling me that they're struggling to get doctors to live in that city because most of them will come in for a month or two and they'll migrate to Ontario, right? So even from that perspective, we were just like, this. What would we if doctors don't even want to live there? What would we want to invest into those cities or into those places, right? So yeah, it's definitely a big of a challenge. But yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up that for Ontario. So let's switch gears into. To I wanted to get into you know what are some of your uh, mid to long term goals? In, yeah, no. uh, what you want to get to. Of course, that's a great question. So, so we originally kind of wrote it down, you know, as a for as a, as a company and everybody that we bring on board, employees in the future, we want them to have the same vision and the same values that we have. And in our goal in the next like five, I would say five to six years, is to get to four thousand units under under management. And you know, I know a lot of people may say, well, why four thousand units? There's so many or whatever, right? And for us, and there's something my mentor Alfonso said, it's not so much the units, but it's the person that you come become getting to those units, right? Is the people that we will become as leaders, as men, as as father, as brothers, right? Is the people that we will become getting to those units. And then a a 10-year or even 15-year-old goal that we have is to have a billion dollars under management. And again, same thing. It's not so much the number, but it's the person that will become along the journey. And for us, being immigrants from Colombia and being able to, you know, do something like that would be very meaningful to us and to our community and the people that, you know, surround us and, and, and our kids and jet next generation yeah no yeah he, and, sorry go ahead yeah no he's he's right on it's i think mostly just achieving our goals uh you know leaving a legacy behind to his kids and, and our family and um you know doing something that we love you know we didn't really enjoy our corporate job but real estate is something that we wake up and we enjoy doing and and yeah we just want to keep on pushing moving forward yeah and definitely what i was i was going to say is uh you know that those goals if you don't have a, a a place to actually like you you can't achieve that goal in in Canada. I mean it just it's just it's not, very unrealistic. Yeah. But yeah. in the US like you you can you can you know probably 10 people that can has already achieved it, right? Uh so definitely um you know you're on the right track to in the right market to achieve that. Yeah, we'll we'll have you on again and you can tell us about maybe in 2 years already having uh you know had half that success. I'm certain you guys are going to get there. So, no, um, no. Yeah, it's like, like Jose said, even, even uh, like one of my mentors, Alfonso, right? He has 600 units in, in, in Canada, right? And he's done, he's done this for 20 years, right? And I asked him like, how come you haven't gone into the US? And he said, there, like back when he was buying, it was a good time to buy and numbers made sense and everything. But like the amount of work that he's put into that, if he would have done that in the States, he would be uh, like, Five or six thousand units. Yeah. And kind of like what Jose said, we've actually people in our network and our groups that were in in the states, they have acquired that four thousand, five thousand, six thousand units. And it's it's almost like having those conversations with them and seeing what do they do, what can we adjust, what can we, you know what I mean? Like just kind of learning from them and yeah. being in a room where there's people that have done it, it makes it so much more achievable and it makes it more um, not as uncommon. I would say. No. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, leveraging those relationships. 
um, bringing value to them. Bringing value to them. It's 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 huge, and it's something that can help you grow along the way. Yeah, for sure. And I I love that what you said about who you become because I've been saying that to myself so many times. It's it's not about the goal because the goal is always changing, right? You get to the goal and then you have to have another goal. And people ask us that all the time too. It's like, what, what, do you, what, what for? Right. And, you know, it's also like, I, I, I posted this the other day, but like, I read about, you know, this quote about Ed Milet and, you know, it was so timely, especially with kids and how, you know, the greatest, um, what does he use? The greatest disservice or the greatest injustice you give your kids is not showing them a parent who is striving for to be their very best and achieve their biggest goals. Like that is the biggest disservice you do to your kids as mm-hmm. parents and and even to yourself. It's it's not about anyone else or achieving a, a number or achieving a dollar. It's about it's about being the very best version of yourself and growing to be the very best you and and doing the most service you can in this world while you're here. Right. So yes. I think that that's I think a lot of entrepreneurs will resonate with that. And entrepreneurship gives you the platform to do that because, you you know, in the employment world, it's not that being an employee is bad, but oftentimes, again, just like we're talking about how Ontario is limiting you, like that's the same exact analogy in the workplace, right? You're limited by external factors. Even if you have this brilliant idea you want to implement or if there's, you know, this position of leadership that you want to achieve, there's always external things outside of yourself that are often navigating that for you. Yes. And one thing that I wanted to just just quickly wrap up or like touch on is that one of our mentors, Rod Cleave, we were at as, as a mastermind a, couple, a month ago. And one thing that was really meaningful to us that we never even thought about is that a lot of these, you know, very successful people give back in, in bunches. Like they give back to charity, they give back to communities, they give back to the military, you know? So it's a lot, you know, it's as you, as you're making and as you're doing, you're also giving back. One thing that he says that I really enjoy his quote is that you have two heads want to lift yourself up and want to lift somebody with you. Right. And I, I really like that quote because yeah, I that's amazing with that. Yeah, I know you guys are uh, definitely wise beyond your years. So it's been such a great uh, time talking to you guys. Um, before we end off, we, I think you already gave us a quote, but we always ask our guests, is there sort of a quote that you'd like to share that resonates with you guys, how you live or how you conduct your business that, you know, that's a good question. That's a good question. Just sorry, just before we wrap it up, I did want to mention that obviously we are offering, you know, a uh, uh, mentorship for uh, for Canadians that want to invest in the U.S. with Wealth Genius. Right, like, through Wealth Genius. Yeah, t- t- touch on that for us a real Yeah, point. yeah. So it basically just came up the opportunity, you know, they're, they're, they have this program in Canada, but now they're expanding to the U.S. and they brought it to our attention. Hey, would you like to coach people? And we already have an existing uh, course where we teach people how to find off-market deals because we had so much required people asking us, asking us if we mentor them. And we created a course and people have that body. They've, you know, they've been closing deals, wholesaling deals. Um, so we've created that. We really enjoyed giving back and, and really giving, giving back to the community, giving back to the people. And then we got this other opportunity to, to mentor people to invest in the U.S., which we're, as, as you asked from this conversation that we had, you can tell we we're really passionate about investing in the U.S. And yeah, so we're bringing on investor, investors and teaching them how to invest, what are things to look out for, how to have your investment criteria and, and so on. So yeah, we're just happy to provide value. Amazing. Yeah, so that's amazing. Um, and so, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you and and uh, some of your courses and things like that? Yeah, yeah, of course. So you can visit our like our, we're pretty active on Instagram. Uh, you can find us on Je- on Facebook, Jefferson Ortiz, John Ortiz. Um, our Instagram, uh, which I think it'll be on the on the uh, 
on the uh, on the link, the link yeah. So mm-hmm. so it'll be in the description there. And yeah, you can message us on Instagram, LinkedIn. We're also LinkedIn, Jefferson Ortiz, John Ortiz. Um, pretty much anywhere. We're pretty active on social media, so we'd be happy to 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 respond to any anything or hop on a call with anybody who has any questions. We're always always there to provide value. And uh, any any website. Um, well, we do have our, like our personal website, which is old property solutions. That's right. old property solutions.com. Okay. We are doing some adjustments to it because we had it, you know, mainly for Canada and now we're adjusting it to, to the U S yeah, to investors and so on. So that'll be up and running hopefully in the next uh, couple of weeks, like fully where we need it to go. But yeah, you can hit us up on, on, on social media platforms and we really want to, so the quote that you guys mentioned about, I would probably, like, I don't know if you want to have any that you can think of. Yeah. I would say I would say that like what Rockleaf says, you have two hands, one to lift yourself and one to lift somebody with you. I think that that really resonates with us, especially you know being immigrants to to Canada, being able to be here. We just really want to provide value to to uh, people, right, and just show them that there's other ways than nine to five. Nine mm-hmm. to five is not the whole uh, the whole uh, life. You're not being fulfilled most of the time. But yeah, I think mine would be is you know getting one percent better each day. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're mm-hmm. so overwhelmed with information and data that's all over the place. Uh, just try to focus on one thing and uh, and just try to get better at it. It's every day, chip it one piece at a time, and eventually you'll get to where you want to be if you stay focused and consistent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's no, that's great, guys. Yeah. So. Um, Thanks a lot for yeah. joining us on our sh- on our show. We really appreciate uh, sharing your journey and your the wisdom along the way. No, thank you guys for having us. We really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, I know we chatted before briefly on uh, with your with your spouse there on on uh, on Zoom, and we really connected. We really had some good vibes. So we appreciate you guys having us. We love what you guys are doing in the community, and definitely uh, would be happy to be back later on. <laughs> yeah, okay, totally. It's been a pleasure, Thanks, guys. guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, guys. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Savvy Real Estate Investor Show. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If you liked this episode, please write a review and share it with us. We are getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase how investors at any level can start using and leverage real estate to become savvy wealth builders. If you want to learn more about how we can potentially help you create more passive income and build your wealth faster, go to www.savvyrealestateinvestor.com. Once again, it's www.savvyrealestateinvestor.com. All right, that's a wrap. We can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode.